My search for God began in the harsh environment of a Texas boyhood replete with rattlesnakes, tornadoes, and hellfire and damnation. After a severe illness, my lifelong search for a loving God and escape from the paralyzing fear of death ended in a brief journey to heaven. The near-death experience changed me and demonstrated that God is a loving God. I began to realize the oneness of all existence, which fills my life with peace and a firm belief in God's goodness. After my long illness with an immune system disorder and the loss of everything that had made life worthwhile for me, yielding my existence to death was sublimely easy. The decision to leave the world hung poised in a prolonged time of perfect silence the night I died. I watched my spirit depart my body as a sense of otherness enveloped me. I felt a strange disconnect from my physical body and the life I'd built. I wasn't linked to a wretched, struggling mass of flesh anymore. I was not in that body, but I still existed, albeit in a different condition of existence. The agonizing anguish that had accompanied my every waking hour had vanished. The effort of extending my lungs to gulp for air had vanished. Fatigue, which had plagued me for years, had subsided. My despair no longer robbed me of hope. Sights and sounds did not pierce my skull, leaving me feeling empty. Nonetheless, I existed. I felt light and at ease. Although I was aware that I was not in the lifeless body laying on my bed, and that the eyes and brain I had previously identified as mine were in that inanimate thing with which I no longer identified, I was nevertheless conscious of sight, thoughts, and sensations. With calm, I watched my new reality. I took a slow look around, and below me was a vast, infinite blackness. I was drawn to the darkness in the same way that a void or a black hole is. I felt myself gradually sliding toward it. Isn't it strange? I wondered, without fear or passion. It appeared that I would simply vanish into the darkness. I surrendered to the heaviness overwhelming me as darkness filled my consciousness, as even my new awareness faded. As I merged into the gulf of blackness, my vision got blurred. I let go of any lingering sliver of consciousness and personal identity with no struggle. At that very instant, I felt the last of me vanish into nothingness. A powerful, dynamic force struck me from below and lifted me up, bringing me above. My only awareness was a sensation of ascending when I was barely conscious. I appeared to be ascending at an unfathomable rate. A cool breeze poured over my face and body with great intensity, but there was no discomfort. Long distances seemed to pass me by. The higher I climbed, the clearer my mind became. I became aware of a profound sense of tranquility and warmth pervading my senses. I was perplexed since the energy that had encircled me had a distinct presence. I attempted to figure out what was going on and who was carrying me, who or what was so concerned about me. I felt at ease and deeply loved. I knew I was in the arms of a being who adored me and carried me from the dark nothingness into a new existence. I was finally able to open my being entirely to spirit and clear my vision as my mind cleared, purged of the remains of mortal past associations. I peered with my soul's body's eyes to see what held me in such love, and I saw a brilliant spirit being, so wonderful and full of love that I knew I would never feel the pain of loss again. 
I have no idea how, but I knew the spirit was Christ. My recognition of Christ came from my new spiritual perspective, not from a belief, perception, or understanding. I did not see the spirit in the same way that I had seen Jesus of Nazareth depicted in paintings, but my heart remembered and acknowledged Christ. Christ, the incarnation and expression of perfect love, was the brilliant spirit. Because of my Christian upbringing, I had no other word for how I felt when I looked at him. I rested secure in the delicate yet powerful embrace of his affection, knowing that everything was well, precisely as it should be. As I ascended farther, I lifted my eyes to see a brilliant light in the distance. I reached the light quickly, guided by Christ. Ecstasy filled my soul as I gazed at the light, which was many times brighter than the sun. The light was everywhere. It was the brightest I'd ever seen and stunning beyond description. I was not hurt despite being brilliant enough to blind or burn me. The light passed through and over me. It swept away all the hurt and terror in my heart, changing my own being into a joyful melody. I thought the love I felt from Christ was complete. Nevertheless, the light we were soaring toward was the fulfillment of my search, the loving source of everything that exists, the God of truth and unconditional love, the source of creation. My perspective on love was forever altered. The majesty and glory of that vision was an unfathomable moment that established the course of my new truth for all time. I was at home, and all I wanted was to stay in God's light. Christ had brought me into the light, and I was standing in God's presence. I couldn't shake the feeling that the light was love, and love was God. Waves of complete love emitted from the light erased every weight I had and every thinking that prevented me from understanding God. I was made aware of my innocence. I realized with startling clarity that I had been traveling through life like a ghost, enveloped in a shroud of terror, hunched against illusions. I stood open to the liquid flow of golden light that filled my empty shell to bursting like a lover. As I became enraptured by the infinite dimension of God's love, the outpouring had no bounds. There was no area where God did not exist. I am inextricably linked to the light. The truth of who I am and who we all are is flawless love as God's creation. God's entire creation is one creation and I am one with it. I knew God thought I was perfect. God loved me because love encompasses all of God. God's love knows no bounds. Finally, everything made sense. God could only love me because God is only love and nothing else. There can be no other reality than God and God is love. I had arrived at my true home. I turned to Christ and exclaimed, This is lovely. I've returned home. This is exactly where I want to be. I'd like to stay. And Christ replied, You may stay for a short time, but you must return. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
I couldn't believe I'd have to return to physical reality. After a lifetime of misunderstanding and dread, I found myself in the presence of a God who is open, welcoming, and completely loving. I wished to remain in that presence, but I was told I had to return. Another significant difference in my life after my near-death experience is that I no longer fear death. In fact, death quickly became my favorite subject, whereas I had previously forbade simply saying the horrible term in my home. My family and friends couldn't stop talking about my incredible experience. Surprisingly, I was depressed, furious, and even stubborn. I was perplexed that after a lifetime of fear, I had made it to heaven only to be returned. Why? Was I too small a fish, or what? I wondered. For about a year, I would often lie in my bed at night, sobbing and pleading with God to let me come home. I was not one of the fortunate individuals who received a spontaneous remission of their sickness as a result of their near-death experience. I was still very sick and I didn't see why I had to stay on earth when I couldn't contribute anything and scarcely interacted with my family or other people. I found myself complaining, questioning and pleading with God, please, please, please allow me to return home. If I have to stay here, why couldn't you cure me so I can accomplish something? I begged God, if you're not going to cure me completely, what if you just let me be well enough to paint for an hour a day? I begged God, why can't there be a way for me to be near people if I can accomplish anything? I'm alone. Although I regularly felt waves of love wash over me when I stopped grumbling long enough to recollect my experience, I never received a response to my requests, at least not the answers I was looking for. After almost a year, I prayed from the bottom of my heart a new prayer. I surrendered my will and efforts to govern my own life once more, as totally as the night I gave up my hold on life and died. My beloved God, I give up, I murmured to God. I'm not sure what's best for me. I'm not sure what I should do, who I should see, or what I should say. I have no idea what to think. I'm always asking for what I believe is best for myself. I have no idea what is best for me. My life is your life. Whatever you want to do for me is all right with me. If I have to lie in this bed for the rest of my life, sick and incapacitated, whether it's 20 minutes or 20 years, that's great with me. Everything will be okay. I know you care about me. Then I said, I do have one request. If I'm going to live, please let me be useful in some way for you. Following my near-death experience, I began to see a white glow and sparkle of light around individuals and objects. I assumed the lights were another ocular side effect of the sickness because I had experienced so many physical oddities during my illness. The lights were later revealed to be substantially more than that. As my health gradually improved, I began driving myself short distances to appointments. I was driving along a busy street one day and I came to a stop at a red light and witnessed an unusual sight occur in front of me. A delivery vehicle had parked about half a block ahead and on the right side of the street. The truck had doors on the sides rather than the back. As oncoming traffic approached, I observed as the driver stepped around to the traffic side of his truck and began unloading his cargo. Oh honey. You shouldn't do that, it's hazardous, I said aloud in my small southern voice inside my car. On this special day, 
I was taken aback as the typical dancing lights surrounding the delivery man swirled and swiftly created the figure of a breathtaking, translucent, gorgeous woman spirit that was beaming with light. Perhaps the spirit turned her loving gaze on me since I had sent a kind and worried thought for the delivery man's well-being. Our gazes locked for a split second. She smiled at me before returning her focus to her charge who was completely unaware of the angelic presence and was busy going about his business. I was struck by lightning. I was barely breathing for fear that the vision would vanish and I was unable to tear my gaze away from the magnificence of the sight. However, I became aware of even more enticing lights in my peripheral vision. When I was able to tear myself away from the spirit, I took a slow look around me and everywhere I looked, there were solitary individuals with beautiful, loving spirits ministering to them. Spirits accompanied folks strolling down the sidewalk. I could see the radiance and form of entities around the occupants from within cars, unhindered by physical barriers. I observed joggers with flutters of light trailing behind them as though their spirit was keeping up. Light entities followed people as they entered and exited buildings. The landscape in front of me was bathed in dazzling white light. I struggled to understand what I saw because of my human mind's limited knowledge. I knew the lights were connected to the individuals, but more of them than with them, almost as if they were an extension of their being, a light connection to a part of their higher self. The lights a link to humanity that glinted off of the beings were so dazzling and expansive that they interconnected, establishing a type of light grid. I remembered reading tales and books about individuals having near-death experiences and seeing grids on the other side that they couldn't explain. I felt an enormous outpouring of love from the beings as I looked at the network of light before me. I discovered that love connected humans to the beings of light and that love itself was connected through the grid. The metaphor conveyed by the image I saw and perceived was crystal obvious to me and I was overcome with the realization that we are all one. I realized that our oneness is interconnected by love and that there is a far higher level and means of communication available to us than we ordinarily employ. This love is available to anyone who is prepared to do the difficult spiritual work required to open our hearts, brains, and eyes to spirit. I remember the love I felt in God's presence, and I felt love for everything, as if it were all related and a form of God. This single truth was continually hammered home to me. Only God is real. Everything revolves around God. Everything I see is a representation of God. Not the physical mirage, but the brilliant brilliance behind the mask. The sound of a horn brought me back to the present moment. When I looked down at my speedometer, I saw I was barely moving forward. With tears flowing down my cheeks and nearly blinding me with emotion, I pulled over to the side of the road to process all that had happened and restore my composure. I'm not sure how long I sat there marveling at the spectacle, but I couldn't move until the amazing image faded, returning to the more familiar shape of light surrounding the bodies of the people I was watching. I was hesitant to leave because I hoped the angels would return, and I referred to them as angels since I couldn't think of anything else to call them. But once I had regained enough strength to drive, I returned home. I was eager to tell my husband, but I was worried about what he would say. Would he believe I was hallucinating? 
becoming sick again, or going insane. To his credit, he listened to my story with open ears. In fact, after hearing my account, he asked, Can you see anything around me? Looking closely into the lights around him, I realized that by focusing on the glinting lights, a figure appeared, resembling a lovely spirit. He was overjoyed when I described his spirit guide. Encouraged by Ed's answer, I relayed my tale to my children and friends, who then told their friends. That sparked the friends' sometimes timid and suspicious, but always interested inquiry. They too asked if I would mind telling them if they were beings. It gave me great pleasure to share the love I felt from the wonderful residents of a realm where love prevailed. I eagerly shared this with everybody who wanted to know if they too were surrounded by angels. The news of my capacity to see the angelic realm eventually spread through a newspaper story, television appearances, college lectures, and most importantly, word of mouth. Today, I spend my time reading, counseling, and lecturing. As I spoke with more folks, I gained new perspectives. Because I didn't have any word to describe what I saw at first, I labeled what I saw angels. The entities were always loving, radiant and beautiful in an otherworldly sense. Surprisingly, as my ability to detect spirits improved, I began to see a new type of spirit lingering around people, and they drew my attention. I felt obligated to tell precisely and solely what I observed surrounding the persons who wanted a reading, even if their spirits did not resemble the traditional angel that they imagined. For example, I once told a woman about an older man with protruding ears, big spectacles, and a goofy smile that displayed teeth with gaps between them. Oh my my, I recognize him, the woman exclaimed, her eyes welling up with tears. That was my uncle who was murdered. I've always wondered how he was. The spirit smiled and communicated with me telepathically. I was able to inform his niece, whom he still adored, that he was okay and had spent the entire time with this unknowing woman. I was taken aback the first time anything like this happened to me. Oh great, now I'm seeing dead people, I thought, confused and with a knot in the pit of my stomach. I might have thought I was insane if I hadn't had my near-death experience. However, I had a near-death experience. I could now see angels and, evidently, the spirits of individuals who had died. There's no death. Yet, I may report on the presences of spirits who have left their mortal existence in the other realms. My reservations about this ability were immediately dispelled when I observed how much joy and comfort it brought individuals to hear hopeful stories of love beyond the death.